Welcome back. This is From Dude to Dad. I'm Brian Laurel. And I'm Chris Pagula. We're here every week to talk to you about being a dad, being a husband, just being a guy. And today is a little, little, little bit of a heavier uh, topic, but one that you all will probably have to deal with at uh, one point or another, and that's talking to your children about death, um, whether it's death of a, a a parent, a sibling, a loved one, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, or um, even we'll get towards the end of the show, we'll even talk about pets a little bit um, because all those things um, are not fun uh, to to uh, talk to your child about and is definitely um, a part of life. So uh, for me, uh, part of the reason we were talking about doing this episode a couple weeks ago, and it's kind of appropriate we're doing it now. My um, I have a, an aunt that uh, lives here in Phoenix that is very close to that uh, just uh, passed away after dealing with cancer for about a year, and so I um, the funeral is this coming. Uh, this coming weekend. And so it's time to talk to my five-year-old daughter about, uh, my aunt passing. So, um, I done, you know, done some research on this and that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey, Brian, before you jump into discussing, you know, with your aunt, what about when you were first learned about death? Do you recall, like, did you have it explained to you by your parents or teachers or how, how did that go down? It was, uh, it was my parents and I think it was my great grandmother was probably my first um my first experience with a with a um a loved one passing away. I don't recall I mean I was pretty young so it didn't um it didn't um I don't think it resonated with me as, as much as it did with other uh like grandparents that have uh, passed away along the way. And you know my my grandfather it's kind of interesting to my family my um, one of my grandfathers, he died on my birthday when mm. I was, oh, geez, I don't even know how old I was. I was a, probably 20 or something, maybe 18 or 19. And then, um, and then my other grandfather passed away on Easter. And then another one of my, uh, grandparents passed away on Christmas. So it's like all my relatives like wait till the holidays holiday. to, to, yeah. to, to, oh, to pass away. So, which makes it a little, little bit of a bummer, but, um, um, yeah, no, I think my parents just sat down and kind of went through, um, a little bit of what we're going to talk about here, but, um, yeah, it was pretty kind of, you know, cut and dry and not to make it sound like they were being insensitive. They weren't, it was just kind of like, this is, you know, this is what happened to, uh, to your grandmother. How about you? You know, it's interesting. I don't, recall actually being explained or told like what happens or why it's happening. I just being raised Catholic and very much involved in, we were Byzantine Catholic, which is part like essentially Russian Orthodox, but under the, the guise of the Pope. So, um, it's still Catholic and there's rituals for funerals. And I was an altar boy and a cantor. So from mm-hmm. a very young age at actually fifth grade, I used to sing for funerals and that was like my first gig. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I would get like 20 bucks and free lunch and get out of school for the day. And my church had like a lot of elderly people. So someone was pretty much dropping every other week. So I, for me, it was kind of like a job and it was kind of fun, but it was trippy because we would be with open caskets. So I would be standing next to the deceased person, not knowing who they are, man or woman. And it was just like, a whole crazy experience and it would lead to nightmares for me later on and all. I got used to it, but it's interesting because like I never really had 
the explanation about what happens. It's just sort of like I was thrown into it. So I was, a, it was funny because I was an altar boy too, and I never, I never did any funerals. So um, I'm just thinking of all the hundreds of dollars I missed out. Well, um, and but you probably um, didn't do it because it, you weren't <laughs> scarred, and your your pastor was being appropriate. Right. So um, when when you were doing uh, the the funerals, um, were you you just got done saying? I mean, I guess you answered my question. I was asking if you became kind of um, immune to uh, it immune to it but no it sounds like it affected you well it did especially because like i grew up with i had a lot of cousins and siblings and i remember my one cousin's grandmother passed away and we were at the funeral at the um the wake you know at the funeral home and he dared me to touch her hand and in the casket and i did and it just set me into like nightmares for like weeks because it was like, whoa. And then mm-hmm. there is that. I don't know if uh, I wish we were doing video now that people can see. But if you put your like two hands on top of each other and you feel the like your. Oh, no. If you put another person's hand against your hand and then you feel both fingers like this. That's, oh, yeah. That's yeah. kind of like the ascent. That's kind of like the feeling of touching a dead person because you mm-hmm. can't really it's weird anyway too much information but yeah i got scarred but i'm better now okay good good <laughs> i'm glad to hear it. i'm glad to hear it. well so we're gonna um talk um hopefully so your children aren't scarred and again keep in mind every child is different every child's gonna react differently um but starting at the beginning it's like when is what is the appropriate age to even address this mm-hmm. and i think it depends on your your child um you know, you if you have a super sensitive child, you you may want to shield them from it. You know, before age four or five, you know, you may not want to. And and really, the the the, the big thing in all the, the the research that I've done, it's really tough for children under the age of five to even comprehend what death is for multiple reasons. One is they're used to watching cartoons or used to watching the Avengers or whatever, where someone seemingly dies and they miraculously come back and they play video games where over and over and over again, the, whatever character they're playing dies and, you know, I'm doing air quotes, but, and then they respawn and then you can play them again. So it's, it's hard for them to comprehend. So one thing for you as the dad to remember is not to get bent out of shape. Let's say it's a grandparent and it happens to be one of your parents. You're going to be pretty broken up about it, mom, is my assumption. Your child may be like, oh, wow, that's kind of a bummer. What's for dinner? So Uh, keep in mind, they're not, depending on their age, they're not going to react the way that they probably, um, that an older child would, and obviously as an adult would. And so don't, don't take that personally. That's probably the thing right out of the gate is that I would caution that you not um, that you not judge or get upset or try to force them into doing something. I think that's that's one thing in, in some of the reading that I've done is not to tell them like, hey, you need to be sad or you need to be upset. This is when we cry, you know, and and every person grieves differently as an adult, and that's no different for children. Yeah, you know what? And I think that in in this respect, being very simple with the explanation um that you can be like i think about um when uh uh now oh i remember when i was a kid my mom and dad were having a discussion that i overheard about a friend of theirs that and i think i spoke about this in the last podcast in another podcast they uh that she lost a baby and i didn't understand that phrase so 
I thought that the baby was literally lost in the person's house. So every time we'd go there, I'd be looking under the couch and looking all over. My mom's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking for the baby. So, you know, you want to be sure that you're clear when you go with explanations, not throwing things out there like, you know, they lost their grandfather. Well, no, he's not out there lost. Although my grandfather did have Alzheimer's, so we did lose him a few times. You know, so you got to be very right, specific right. in your explanation. But simplicity, I think, is like your best bet. But you know, yeah, being direct, being yeah. direct. I mean, like telling them. I mean, that that's a, a a great point. Is you need to be careful the words you use because of like like Chris just said. You say that you lost them. They're they're not going to understand what that is. They've lost toys before, and you just need to find them. Right. The other thing is saying that they're in a better place. That's what adults say to each other. When you say that to a kid, they're going to think, well, what, what's wrong with this place? What's, you right. know, um, you know, um, so you need to be careful of the, the phrasing that you use when you're, um, when you're, um, when you're talking to them, I, in, in my opinion, and, um, and I'll tell you, I'll give you an update on the next show after I talk to my, my five-year-old, but, um, and everything that I'm reading, it's just best to just say that they've died and to start early and letting them know. And maybe it's a house plant. Maybe it's a goldfish. Maybe it's the flower garden out in front of your house. When you, you just explain that, you know, that these have died and they're not alive anymore and they're not going to come back. And they, um, you know, they're, they're, and you can say that about adults too. Just say that their, their body just stopped working and, and you can't, uh, you can't fix them. The, the other thing you, you want to avoid when you're using terminology is saying, well, they got sick and they died because then they're going to freak out when they get a cold or they get the flu or something. You don't want to scare them and say, oh, they got sick and they died because depending on how, um, uh, I guess in tune your child is, they're going to associate just any sort of sickness that's not life-threatening as being life-threatening or life-ending. You know, Brian, doing um, research on this obviously is important. And, you know, there is so much information out there on the internet, but there's some great books that you can um, refer to on this subject specifically. As adults, I think just being able to process, understand, and just be able to deal with death in general for yourself, it's a great to pick up the book on death and dying and really, you know, have a relationship to understanding because we're going to go through this obviously with our parents, but it'll give you some great input and understanding and clarity so that you could be more clear when explaining to your child what is actually going on. But on a flip side, I think there's great books that are literally uh, written by um, authors for children, uh, especially when it comes to pets like there's a great book. I remember when our, our, our dog passed away, all dogs go to heaven. And it was just a really sweet story. And, um, it, it was such a great way to help our children transition to understand what was going on with our dog. And, um, you know, eventually I think they caught on when it came to people, but we haven't had like direct death. Um, although we did with my wife's grandfather and grandparents, actually, I should say. So the kids did get, um, you know, exposed to that experience. But I think it was just kind of like they, they forget about it after a while, you know, and then they just... Right. How on. old were the kids at that time? Probably like seven, eight Okay, yeah, that's, that's pretty young. Yeah. 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 That's, that's pretty... And then also when it's a... So that would be their great-grandparents. I mean, I remember my mm-hmm. great-grandparents passing away. I think there's... Um, I don't know how close you were to them, but for the most part, I think when the further... When you're getting into 
great grandparents or like an aunt and uncle of yours as the adult, like they're probably separated from that a little bit. So it doesn't hit as close to home as a grandparent would or, you know. True. And, and you know, what's interesting though, they do, because it is a great grandparent, they do get to see the actual decline, you know, like they, they got to see their grandparents actually active. Um, and then once they went to like a, uh, assisted living place, we would visit. And then okay. from there, yeah. we had the opportunity to explain what was going on. So, um, you know, that's another situation where when you have a visiting, um, grandparent in a facility, you know, you're kind of starting the process of, you know, telling them what, you know, may happen eventually. Sure. So to make this concise, guys, we're going to go through some do's and don'ts here really quick. Um, and um, then when the time comes and and by the way, if you've already uh, dealt with uh, with this yourself, um, send us a message on, yes. uh, you know, via Instagram um, or you know, on our website from dudetodadshow.com. In the lower right corner, there's a blue microphone icon. Leave us a little voicemail. And if there's like a little anecdote or a little helpful hint or something you want to leave with us, we'll give you a little uh, shout out and go from there. But anyway, so some of the do's, um, and this is uh, an article from Psychology Today. So um, I'm sure they have their act together over there. But the first thing is just being truthful about what happened right away. Um, and don't feel that you need to hide your, your tears or, um, you know, make up some sort of reason. Just let them know that you're sad for this particular reason. Being open, um, can help your child to, cause you're, you're all these things. These are life moments. These are teaching moments. And while they may not get it right now, you're, you're planting a foundation of what mourning is and how you are supposed to act and this is how we feel and and we'll get to the funerals here in a minute but um and then you need to be prepared for the variety of responses we talked again that at the beginning uh depending on the child they may say okay well i want to watch tv now and that may be the end of it others may get super upset some may get angry um and you need to kind of accept your child's reactions to this and let and again, as, as previously stated, everybody mourns differently. And depending on how close that child was to whoever passed away, you're going to get a, you know, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's a total gamble of what kind of response you're going to get. But you want to make sure you use the words um, dead or died, like we already said. We talked about not using things like uh, passed away or lost. Um, even crossed over is confusing mm. to a child. It's so, you know, what the hell, what the hell is crossed yeah, it's like over? The, why the chicken crossed the road, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the other thing that we didn't mention, Chris, is just saying that, and, and a lot of parents, because you, of course, you want to shield your kids. You don't want them to be upset. You don't want them to be hurt. But this is, this, this is, this is a good thing in the long run, just to be frank with them about this. But the other thing you don't want to say is they went to sleep. Mm. I, have a, I, have a, I have a buddy of mine when he was little, he had a grandparent and he had trouble going to sleep and he didn't make the connection for years. And then he finally realized, oh, it was because when I was little, I had a number of, of uh, relatives that passed away and my parents just said they went to sleep. Uh, like, they or they asleep, said, yeah. oh, it was painless. Mm -hmm. They went to sleep and they never woke up. And oh, the, they died in their sleep, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he was scared shitless of going yes. to sleep. So that's, uh, that's another thing. Also, gauging the the child i mean 
there is a such thing as too much information as well. Why we want to be open and we want to be upfront with the kids and let them know what's going on. If there's some gory details, you know, maybe they don't need to know about that, you know, depending well, on Well, and it's what. also making sure the kids aren't around when you're speaking about this topic in general, you know, because you yeah. want to be able to use the dialogue and appropriate words for them. So making sure these conversations are held in private, you know, with your partner. And, and if the child comes back into the room, don't make it taboo. Don't make it awkward that, oh, oh, um, we, now we can't talk about it anymore. Just, you know, alter the words you're using. Maybe you don't go into, you know, such great detail um, while if the child comes back into the room because the, uh, the um, you know, the idea of this is for them to understand that this is nothing to be ashamed of and nothing that you need to be um, handling by yourself or going in your room. It's, you know, th- this is when you lean on other people and you're, che- you're teaching your child that, you know, as a family, we, we come together and we're going to mourn, but it's okay to talk about it. And, and likewise, it's even okay to laugh. Like, um, you know, if, if, you know, everything's completely heavy and, and everything, which it's going to be at the beginning, but it's also okay to start getting back to normal life when the, when the, uh, the time is right for you and, and your child. You know, there, Brian, there's also a great, uh, another resource I'm just going to throw out there, um, which is a compliment to what we do. It's called the Mother Company, and they are a great resource for social emotional, um, <clears throat> experiences with children and how to explain different things to them. So, uh, it's a great uh, place to check out, and I'm sure they have a lot of topics on death and how to approach it with your children as well. Um, also allowing your child to participate in a ritual of some sort. So it may be, um, you know, reminiscing and go, or going through photos, whether it's actual physical photo albums or if you have photos on your iPhone and, and oh, remember this time when we all went to, you know, the beach together. Or remember this time we all went to, you know, here's your pictures from your birthday party when your grandparents were with us. And it's okay. It doesn't need to be like, let's not talk about grandma anymore because it's going to upset the kids. It, 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 build, it builds some, some fond memories and a good ritual to recall and recall fondly the people that have passed. Well, well, let me share with what we used to do every Easter and, and holiday growing up because my dad's dad passed away when he was 16. And, um, you know, other relatives of his as well. So every Easter, we would go to the cemetery and we would take photos at the gravestone of my dad's dad. And we're all there, like all eight of us in the family, smiling in suits with the gravestone, like running around the cemetery. And I'm like, that was, I remember it was like, oh, it's kind of fun. We're going to the cemetery to visit grandpa. Such a weird concept, you know, but I mean, it didn't make me okay going to cemeteries. <laughs> you right. know, well, so. that's good. That's but, good. That's no, yeah. that's again, I think with anything, if you make it normal and, and the child may, may be, you know, not be the first or second time, but eventually they'll, they'll get, they'll get used to that. Um, you also want to prepare your child for the funeral itself. Yes. Um, and the best thing, if you're going to take them and that's, and that's a big question, guys, you may be thinking, well, shit, do I even want to take my child again? That's going to depend on you for a number of reasons. One, if your child is old enough and is going to be upset and is going to be like inconsolable, that's one thing, but also out of respect for the family and everybody else attending, if your child maybe just quite isn't old enough yet where they're going to be a distraction and they're going to want snacks or they're going to want to run up and down the aisle, that's not okay and granted if it's somebody super close to you you um you'll be especially aware of this but if it's like a a friend of the family or the next door neighbor or whatever like keep in mind yes everybody thinks kids are are um 
adorable, but at the same time, not everybody thinks kids are adorable. And especially at a funeral where you're supposed to be really reverent and, you know, and, and everyone's in mourning. Um, that is not the time to be like, ah, my kid's okay. If he's just running around up and down the back. And if you have a talker, (laughs) um, like my youngest, that's, that's two, we're not bringing her to the funeral on Friday. Um, because, um, she'll in the middle of it, we'll just say I'm hungry, really loud. Or, or she'll say I'm bored which he right. says at home sometimes definitely don't want that happening. So guys, you just to avoid an uncomfortable situation, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, you got to find a babysitter. So, um, but you want to prepare your child for what's going to happen at the funeral. Is it going to be an open casket that that's a whole new world. And that's something that, you know, just because there's an open casket, maybe you want them to come forward and see the body. Maybe you want to keep them back. So they don't, maybe it's closed casket. Maybe they've been cremated. You can talk about all these things um, with them, uh, prior and let them know um, what's going to happen. And then if you're, you know, if you do have a um, religious affiliation, this is also a time to talk about whatever it is you believe in, you know, that, uh, that, you know, grandma's with Jesus now or grandma's in heaven or whatever it is that your, your, your uh, religion believes. Um, this is also a good teaching moment um, there to kind of underscore some of that. Just stay um, away from telling them they went to hell. <laughs> you know, don't, you don't need any yeah, fear. You know, if it's a jackass, <laughs> you know, some, somebody you didn't really like, you know, the uncle is kind of a, kind of a jerk and uh, you know, you're just going there to, uh, yeah, yeah. To, to refrain from saying, yeah, he was a real bastard. He's probably burning in hell right now. <laughs> um, and then um, just a few more things, but then also be prepared to talk about it when you least expect it. Um, you may share something with your child and they may kind of take it in and, hmm, okay, and, you know, uh, grandpa's gone. Okay, okay, and that may be the end of it. And then two weeks from now, you're on your way to Target and your child may ask you more about death and more about grandpa. And, you know, don't shame them or don't say, I don't want to talk about it now, or this, you know, we're getting ready to go and talk, you know, take the time and just, you know, pull, pull over in the parking lot and have a couple minute conversation. You know, children don't want to have a half hour conversation with you about anything. Um, so, you know, spend a couple of minutes and being, uh, and being kind to that. And then also, uh, just speaking to you guys, you know, make sure you take care of yourselves as well. If, uh, you know, this is somebody that was really close to you, it may be tough to be a parent right now. You know, if it's one of your parents and, you know, knock on wood, I have not been through that yet. Um, I know friends of mine who have, but, uh, you know, if you're having an especially hard time, you know, this may be where your wife needs to step up a little bit. And again, you don't, you don't need to hide your feelings from your kids. I mean, you're the, you're the dad, you're the hunter, you're the gatherer, but at the same time you can be human and allow them to see your emotions. But, um, you know, if you need a little bit of help, um, if you have a spouse, great. If you're a single dad and you need to lean on some other relatives or, or friends or, or somebody, you know, don't, don't be too proud to uh, ask for that sort of help. Um, okay. And then let's go through some don'ts and then we'll, we'll get out of here. And, and, and the first thing is just what I just said, you know, don't, don't hide your grieving from your, your child. It's totally normal and healthy to feel sad after a significant loss. And this also gives your child some cues of how they should act in the future, um, and help them to understand, you know, how to deal with, uh, with death. Um, you know, talking about, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to share the, the memories and to reminisce, um, it, with your, with your child, you know, don't, don't suppress that when they want to, um, talk about it, you know, don't avoid connecting with your child because you feel helpless or uncomfortable, you know, make sure that you're in a good place, but, um, know that your little guy, your little girl needs you as well. So you're going to have to, you know, 
find a stiff upper lip every once in a while and make sure that you're spending time with them. You don't want them to feel like they did something wrong or because grandma, you know, isn't with us anymore. And now all of a sudden they're connecting the dots and saying, wow, dad doesn't want to spend time with me anymore. What did I do wrong? You don't want to, you don't want to do something like that. Um, the, and you know, I, I, depending on the situation, you don't want to mix up your daily routine. Um, you know, if the kid's going to school or has dance class or soccer or whatever, as much as you can, you want to keep their schedule uh, normal. And I would say finally is don't put a time limit on the, the uh, bereavement process. Right. And it may be very short. It may be very long. And um, it, it depends on what it is. And, and let's briefly, Chris, I mean, we talked about relatives. Let's put this into maybe some, um, um, I mean, it's lower stakes as an adult, um, sometimes, <laughs> but, um, it's high stakes still for a child. Let's talk about just when a pet passes. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, that, that could be like, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> challenging times to deal with that. If you, you want to have like alone time with your pet and the family, you know, to say goodbye to the pet. Um, if you have that opportunity, if the pet is like dealing with, you know, a disease or cancer or something like that. And we actually had that happen with my youngest. Um, with our dog on our youngest's birthday, like his seventh birthday. And it was kind of tragic oh, because he remembers that the dog, it was his favorite dog, passed away. And she was like laying in the front yard while all the kids were around playing, you know, and I had to take her in and, and, and help to put her, um, asleep at the vet. So, you know, being able to, I think, simplify again the whole process of, of what is happening. And um, like that book I mentioned is so important. I think uh, all dogs go to heaven. It's such a great explanation. Um, I think if you, you know, if you try to uh, protect your child by making up a story, I think that could be like, you know, really kind of uh, that, that that's not a good idea, you know, because I remember just, being told yeah, certain stories and then I'm like, to your yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like my dog is going to the dog farm, you know, and you think there's a dog farm that the dog is at. Meanwhile, it's dead, <laughs> right. you know, so that lie has been told millions of times. Oh, my God, I'm my sure. wife had that. Yeah, my wife just found out a few years ago that her dog <laughs> actually didn't go to a farm, <laughs> you know, oh, that that because it bit somebody. So um, but I think really and, taking the, the ritual with your child to like say their goodbyes to the animal, too you know, mm-hmm. and to pass on, um, you know, a positive experience. And you may think it's a joke, guys, but just like even, you know, and sometimes you don't, with a dog or a cat, it's probably going to be a little bit more um, traumatic than with a goldfish or a hamster. But remember to your child that that's going to upset them. And it's probably good not to just be flipping about it. It's like, ah, oh, the goldfish died. It's face up. Um you know, my kids at school, I'm just going to flush the, the fish down the toilet. I mean, it, it, it may be good to kind of, that's how you ease into if you haven't had any, um, action, you know, people in your life who have passed away, this is a good time. Like, okay, you know, and, and the child may know a little bit about funerals and death and may say, well, can we bury the fish? And sure, find a place in your backyard and bury the fish or bury the hamster or whatever it is. So, you know, um, I know with me, I had a, a cat that disappeared for, a day and I went looking for the cat with some of my friends and a couple blocks over, I found my cat in the gutter and someone had shot my cat in the Oh face. my God. Yeah. And what? that was traumatic. So I bo- booked at home. I was seven and I booked oh at home, God. got my dad. And by the time we were coming back um, to where the cat was, there was a fire truck and there was a firefighter and they had wrapped up my cat and they were mm. taking off as we arrived. So I couldn't, I couldn't say goodbye to the cat. Um, 
but you know, you may have the opportunity where you're having to put the, the, uh, the pet down at the vet and you can decide if, you know, your child is old enough to be in the room or not. Um, and then dogs get hit by cars, dogs run away. There, oh, you know, yeah. there's, there's all these different types of scenarios where the pet just instantly isn't there, where there's not a whole lot of, um, time to prepare. And it's that way for, for humans as well. And that makes it, uh, even more cruel. I think, I mean, my, my aunt, had cancer for you know better part of a year so at least everybody had the opportunity to come visit her and to prepare themselves and to say goodbyes but sometimes people leave for work and they don't come home that night and that's uh that's even more traumatic and and for a child will be even more difficult to explain to them but um i think overall it's just you got to feel out your own child and see what uh, what you think that they can handle. And if you start going, you know, using some of this uh, advice that we have and it seems to be a little too much for them, then, you know, maybe reel it back a little bit or just give it to them in small doses. You know, they don't they don't need an hour long, you know, uh, conversation about it. Maybe you just kind of give them a little bit of, you know, bite size uh, portions of what's going on at a time as needed. But um, but with that. We're out of here. We'll talk to you next time on From Dude to Dad.